This is episode 703 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On this episode, we'll talk about fearing the future with Brian Hawkins and Mick Rowland. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. This episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. Now, This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, I also want to share a new service that I started called the Top 10 on Prepper Website. And for $5 a month or $50 a year, I will send you the top 10 articles every single week that were clicked on on Prepper website. A lot of people have asked me for this service throughout the years, and now I have the software to do this in in a nice format, not just this, uh, you know, not just a bunch of links. So uh, I send this out every Saturday evening, Saturday afternoon, and uh, you know, if you are a podcast listener and you're not wanting to sift through all the different articles, and a lot of podcast listeners have told me, Todd, I don't have time to read articles. That's why I listen to your podcast. Well, the great thing about this is I'm sending you, it's like a curated email list of curated articles, right? So it's the best of the best that people are clicking on. And then you can throw these very easily into the pocket app and you can listen to these throughout the week. So, you know, we do one episode a week, but then you have all these other articles that you can listen to. And you don't have to sift through all the articles on Prepper website. You just get this curated list. And so you can try it for $5 a month if you like it. And if you like it, you can go ahead and sign up for the $50 a year one, which, you know, it saves you a little bit of money there. But you can find that over at buymeacoffee.com. And even if you don't do that, head on over to Buy Me A Coffee and just check it out. I do... uh, I do personal posts and pictures and different things over there. I'm having a little bit of fun with that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this episode. This was um, this episode is the audio version of a Prepper Website Live that I did with my good friends, Brian Hawkins of NextStepSurvival.com and Mick Rollins of Mick-Rollins.com. And uh, I always chuckle a little bit when I say that, Mick-Rollins. And in, in the... Uh, in the uh, the live that we did, I talked a little bit about at the very beginning because I'm going to edit that part out. You hear me like laughing at the beginning, but I'm going to edit that out. So if you watch the video, you you see that. But I uh, had this crazy feedback thing going on. Somehow I had the um, you know a, a YouTube video on, and so I was getting this um, this feedback loop, and so I'm laughing and and trying to figure out what the heck is going on, but. Uh, in that, I always, uh, I also said that I always chuckle a little bit when I uh, look up Mick Rowland on Amazon because all the time I do that, you know, he's Mick is an is an author. He's written uh, a bunch of books, and when I link to them, when you go look for him, you know, it's like Roland uh, Roland microphones come up first, 
And I'm like, man, we need to get you like, uh, you know, some kind of uh, an, an author name or something like that. But anyway, that's uh, it's one of those uh, things that I always like to, to chuckle at. Um, and uh, so he I think he has a little bit of fun with it, too. At least I hope he does. Uh, and so uh, I'll just leave it at that. But we talked about fearing the future. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of fear out there. I, I've, I've said this for a little while. I think the powers that be are going to keep us in this fear loop. Now, there's going to be some fabricated fear that comes down the, the line. And I think a lot of us already understand that. And there's going to be some real fear. Like, it doesn't matter how fabricated things are. If there's not food on the shelves, that's a, a reason to start to panic and start to fear. But the thing is, is that we prepare so that we don't fear. And we are, are getting ready so that uh, because we see the things in the future. And so uh, this whole uh, Prepper website live was about that and our different takes on that. And hopefully it is a blessing to you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this one with, uh, again, my good friends, Brian Hawkins and Mick Rowland. So anyway, guys, we are talking about fearing the future. And uh, it's one of those things that as preppers, we are always kind of dealing with, you know, we have um, this future that we're, that we're looking to. I mean, we prepare because there's something in the future that is going to wind up happening, right? An emergency situation. Most of us who've been prepping for a long time, we've been through all of that, the fear aspect of, you know, looking at what an EMP might be, looking at what, uh, you know, nuclear war would be or whatever the, the situation and then I guess with a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of understanding, we come to the to the point where we realize there are so many more little emergencies that happen in our lives that we need to really truly be prepared for. And uh, I think you know that's going to be one of the focuses that we that we are going to uh, deal with today. But listen, before we get to that, we always open up with uh, just a little bit of uh, what's going on. So uh, let me just let me just kind of throw it to uh, to you, Mick. How are things going on? How are things with you? Well, things are uh, in full garden mode, so uh, we're keeping busy with that. We're not shoveling snow anymore, but uh, we're also getting into our firewood, so we're getting ready for winter. Winter is coming, you know, so even in the middle of summer, you got to be planning ahead for it. That's that's good, and that again, that comes from experience. Oh, yeah. Brian, how are you doing, man? It's pretty much the same, you know, it's just uh, working, working at garden and uh, we had rain for at least an entire week last week. So the weeds really got a chance to take hold real good. So, and the mosquitoes are horrible, but it, it literally rained every single day, most of the day, um, a little bit of flooding, actually, actually the Detroit was big time flooded for <laughs> two out of three weeks there. So, um, yeah, a lot of gardening, a lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, like trying to, uh, put food away, you know? So like a lot of soups, the zucchini is coming out like this big. It's like, what am I supposed to do with all the zucchini? Well, I found the solution. You just chop it up, you make zucchini soup and you can it. So for what you can't eat. So, there you go. That's a good one. You got to you got to share some of your uh, your recipes on that and uh, how that's going. Yeah, if I, if I, I I might do a video on it this weekend. 
Well, I, I completely understand where you're at with all the rain. We've had a lot of that. And uh, I have some places uh, in my backyard, in my front yard that I, I don't like to use Roundup, you know, and so I haven't used Roundup and I, I don't even know how many years it's been. I use the, the weed apocalypse formula, you know, a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of soap and salt and, and, and do that. The problem is that when the rain comes, it washes that away. I think round, Roundup it takes about 30 minutes to, to catch hold. And so uh, you can't you can't kill the weeds like uh, like I want to on little paths and things that I have that I don't want them to, to come up. So, uh, yeah, I feel your pain on that. Definitely. So let's uh, let's catch up on a little bit of uh, current events and see kind of what we are following. I think it's part of uh, the prepper, uh, you know, the, the prepper mindset of staying informed of what's going on. Uh, I have uh, I talk to a lot of people who are not preppers and they don't like that aspect of paying attention to what's going on because it's so much doom and gloom right now. And, uh, you know, I, I have one person in particular that we talk about things that are going on and they're like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I won't be able to sleep, but I think it's important. So current events, Mick, what, what are you following, man? What are things that you are paying attention to? Well, it's kind of a combination of uh, little stories here and there about uh, supply shortages and uh, sort of supply chain problems or, more recently, it was uh, the drought out west causing uh, really poor harvests in California where we'd normally get a lot of food. So I'm thinking, well, you couple uh, a few or a year's worth of bad harvest and uh, some supply chain difficulties. And I thought, well, you know, that's sort of like the rumbling of thunder on the horizon that uh, we might end up with some empty shelves, which they will claim to be totally unforeseen, even though you can see all these little rumblings now. So I'm kind of keeping an eye out on it in case uh, it starts looking a little extra bleak and then I might make a little extra stock up. But right now I'm not stocking up any more than usual. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things that uh, that we, we hear about. Um, Brian, what, what about you? What are you? What are you keeping your eyes on? Just the, the shortages, the, um, it seems like everything's connected more than I had realized, you know, with the, you know, cars and I mean, who would have thought that like the same chips that are used in the, the, by the auto manufacturers are the same as the gamers, the gaming equipment and stuff like that. So turns out those chips are pretty important. I didn't realize that, but then the shortages of the, the, um, people, you know, workers and truck drivers and, and, and all that. And it's just causing this chain reaction to where it's really starting to seem like it's, I don't know how long we're going to have to wait before things get back to normal if they ever do. So, um, and then you have a lot of the, a lot of the people that, that we listen to or watch think some of this is manufactured, you know, so like the droughts and all that type of stuff. And right now we have the, you know, I, th I think it, this morning they said 80 and I think it was, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that forest fires are manufactured by any means, but um, like 79 forest fires, large. So, I mean, but all of that causes disruption, right? So every little thing, you know, every um, hurricane, forest fire, all the things that we prep for, seems to affect um really the world i was going to say the country but the 
everything is just so interconnected and it's, it's almost become overwhelming, you know, following a, over a year and a half of COVID. And now we're feeling the reper repercussions of some of the, the actions that were taken and the inactions that were not taken. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like it's compounding. So it's really, you got to look everywhere. And, and, and a lot of unexpected things. So like canning supplies we've seen off and on. And when it comes back, you know, it's, it's just like, it's these little fleeting moments where you have a chance to grab something that you've been unable to get, go ahead and get it. And, and, but don't, don't, don't panic over it. You know, just don't go panic buying and, you know, run up debt or anything like that. My opinion anyway. Yeah, I completely agree with you that all the, um, it, it's just so all interconnected. Um, I'm really paying attention to, you know, I've, I've always shared that I use Twitter as a way to kind of stay up on, on what's going on. And so on my Twitter account, um, although I, it automatically pushes out content from proper website and the podcast, I follow, I only follow news organizations. And so I'm always watching kind of what's going on there. And paying attention to the protest. It seems like there's protests everywhere right now. Uh, people are starting to get fed up with government and where government is taking the people. And uh, it's, it's kind of like this, this experiment that they do. It's like, let's see how far we can push people. And then the people start pushing back. And so you see uh, things going on like in France, um, you know, they're pushing back between uh, a certain, uh, a, a certain uh, I guess, restriction that's coming, you know, being very careful because we're pushing the YouTube right now, but restrictions and certain little pieces of paper or, you know, some kind of app that you might need to be able to access different, uh, you know, parts of society. And so people are starting to push back on that. You also have the people that are rushing to go get uh, you know, the, the, the jab so that they will be able to continue, you know, doing life, I guess. Right. So you have these yellow vests, uh, they're talking about the yellow vest, you know, kicking back up again. Uh, I saw uh, that there were protests in Spain, things that were going on in South Africa, uh, things that are really going on all over the world. I mean, it's just, um, it just seems like, uh, there's a fever pitch, right. Where people are just kind of fed up. And you still see some parts of the world where people are just very, you know, just we're going to go along with what what the, the government is telling us. But to to what point do they do they go? And then they finally is like, hey, we've had we've had enough. And so those types of things, I, I mean, I'm 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 paying attention to because the thing is, is that when you take that to its 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 conclusion, when you take it as far out as you can go, it can kind of get a little scary. There And then on top of that, like you said, Brian, all the things are interconnected, uh, all the things that, that are out there, the, you know, uh, Mick, we've been talking about shortages. And I think, I don't know how you feel about this, that I guess because of the preparedness community, because we are paying so much attention to what is going on and because we know what could happen. I think sometimes we, we are looking way, way ahead in the future and we start talking about maybe shortages and somebody who's just kind of, uh, you know, passing by watching a video or checking out an article or listening to a podcast, 
they they like <laughs> they go to the store and like there's no shortages here. These guys are whack jobs, right? And so I think that might be part of the thing is like you know we're able to kind of see where this would lead and um, you know the problems that that could arise uh, from that. So I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Which Mick, part? Yeah, Mick, I'll throw it to you. Which part? How do I feel about? I mean, uh, all. I mean, looking the fact that we are paying attention so much that and, and we're looking into the future. So, you know, so far that sometimes we're seeing things that maybe other people don't. And, and when we're calling things like there could be shortages, like, you know, we've been talking about shortages for a little while now uh, and people start, you know, people go to the grocery stores, like I'm not seeing any shortages, you know? And so, um, you know, are we, are we doing a disservice? No, I think there's, there's a difference in, I guess, how, uh, how far you have your personal headlights aimed because a lot of people are only looking two to two or three days down the line. And that's, that's as much future as they really want to think about, which I think is a little bit of the head in the sand kind of thing that it's a little more comforting to not see the lion coming. So they don't look, but you know, if you're only thinking two or three days ahead, you look at the store shelves on Monday, you go, well, there's no shortage as opposed to thinking, well, it could be by Thursday. You know, instead it's, uh, it's, it's, a little too short-term thinking, uh, but where you were talking about things getting a little overwhelming, it uh, it reminded me of a, a blog post I did 2019 about a, a young friend of mine that was uh, thinking he was going to have to become a prepper because he became afraid of EMPs, and then he was worried about nuclear meltdowns, and, and then he started worrying about global warming, and he just it became a snowball of just about anything. And I think it was because he was drinking from a fire hose of prepper content and everybody's got their favorite uh, disaster. And I'm afraid he was just sucking it all in. And he, uh, he said that, right. He was relating that he was talking to his wife saying, I don't know. I, I think we're going to have to become preppers because there's just so much stuff out there that to be afraid of. Well, he was also, a young dad of, I think at the time, like a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So he has this young family and he's all sort of uh, parental worried about him. And he just let, he let the fear snowball and just carry him away. But unlike other preppers who say, all right, I got to do something about this. He just threw his hands up and said, that's it. There's just too much. I can't stop it. We're doomed. And so it was kind of a surrender response. He was just going to give it up and be doomed. So yeah, that fear can be uh, can be overwhelming because there's a whole lot of a whole lot of crisis that you can uh, let yourself be afraid of if you if you want to. I was kind of chuckling a little bit because I remember when I was first into preparedness, I, I read uh, one second after lights out, alas, Babylon is like, you know, in a short span of time. And uh, yeah, you read that kind of stuff and you're right in it. Man, it's uh, it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, you can walk away with with like, oh my gosh, there's there's no hope. <laughs> Brian, what do you what do you think about that? Are we doing a disservice to people by uh, talking about things that are maybe in the future and um, you know they they they're not familiar with preparedness and then they they go to the stores or they're paying attention and they're like, hey, you know, you guys you guys are whack jobs. Well, no, I th I think a lot of it is. Um we're seeing things, we're seeing a, a larger picture than, than a local store. So a lot of the stores have, 
recovered somewhat, even though there's shortages, they've learned a little bit of a lesson or, 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 or a, a big lesson, actually, that we can't keep everything on the store shelves and have nothing in the back. You know, we can't rely on a truck to, you know, to back up into our dock every single day or multiple trucks. So, you know, sh short of the, like the dairy and the bread and all that, those, those, those are coming in. But then a, a lot of the other things they're, they're stocking up. So you go into a, the back of a store, which I've, I do on a regular basis with my occupation. So you go into a back of a store now and it's, it's like, you can't even see anybody. You're like looking past these pallets and pallets of food. Well, that's because they've learned that, you know, the just in time system failed them big time over the last year and a half. So they're, they're, uh, they're creating, they're, they're doing it, you know, to business self-preservation, right. But they're also, they're kind of creating a little bit of an illusion for the consumer. And I'm not saying that's intentional or anything. It's just, just what it is. But when we see, you know, we're following the news and everything. We see that there's a shortage of this or that, you know, with the, with the grains and the soy and all that stuff. And we know how important that is to, unfortunately, to the way we consume right now. And um, when we talk about that and then somebody goes and it's like, you know what? I see everything that I, everything that was on the store shelves that was on my shopping list. I don't think there's a shortage in anything or I could get almost everything I wanted. And, and also they, when there are something, we've learned also that when a store, they don't like to show those empty shelves because you know what, that shows up on social media, you know, a lot of the, everywhere you look, there was empty shelves all over the place. So they start filling it with other things. So where, you know, the, the canned spam used to be, maybe now it's, you know, peanut butter and jelly there for until they can get the spam back up there. So you know, it's just a, it's a little bit of a, it's not, I'm not going to say it's a, a deception, but it, it's self-preservation on, on their part. So I don't think we're doing a disservice. I think, I think it is important to, to not talk out of school, you know, so we see that too. And we can get into that later. We got a lot of YouTubers and podcasters and bloggers and, and all that stuff that's um, selling the fear, you know, it's just like, they know that that's going to get clicks and they, that's views and listens and, and uh, that sells. So they're, sell, they're, 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 they're using that. And in fact, if you don't mind, since I'm taking all of our time right now, I've read this book called hate incorporated. So we're on this topic. You mind if I read a quote real quick? It's just a, uh, if you cover it about the media, if you cover everything like there's no tomorrow, what happens when there is, in fact, a tomorrow? So that's what we need to think about when we're talking to our audience, if we have an audience. You know, we, we don't want to, like, make everything can't be the end of the world. And then next week, it's a whole different thing. You know, every and, and there's a lot of people that's getting away with that for years. You watch them and you listen to them. It's like, how are they still on there selling that fear and people, and people are soaking it up. So I think that's a disservice. What we're doing is the best we can to try to keep a level head and, you know, and, and, you know, not over exaggerate everything. Everything's not going to, you know, tomorrow probably will be here when we wake up in the morning. Sorry. 
Now, that's, uh, man, you set me up. We didn't even plan that, but you set me up to go into the next, to the next little segment here talking about fear. And, um, you know, you're right. There, there are a lot of people out there. It's like, oh my gosh, the world's going to end tomorrow. And uh, it's like, wait a minute here. You know, how, how many times can you cry wolf? So I wrote an article uh, on, on that because I, I see that all the time from, from Prepper website, running Prepper website, running the podcast, and then the emails that go out uh, the Saturday prep. Um, I can see the links that people are clicking on and which ones are the more popular ones. And the ones that are the more popular ones are the ones that are talking about, you know, SHTF, the end of the world is coming, you get you bug out, you, you know, how, how you can survive all these different things. And, you know, you start seeing that over and over again. Now, if I was the type of person that all I wanted was clicks and all I wanted was, you know, uh, you know, more people coming and being sensational, that would be my complete focus. Um, but I, I, I know from experience now, because I have lived this life for a while, that that's not, that's not the truth. And that's really not the way to help people. So I did, I wrote this article and it was the, the title was complete clickbait, right? Complete clickbait. I knew what was going to happen. I knew what, you know, people were going to click on it and uh, people were going to, you know, want to see it. And uh, you know, it's, that's uh, the purpose was to get people into the article to talk about you can't fear. So the, the title of the article was more doom and gloom ways to bug out so you can survive SHTF and avoid Tiatwaki. It's like I threw all the keywords in there, man. I was just like, I'm, the only thing I didn't throw in there was EMP and grid down. I should have found a way to kind of work that in there. And, uh, you know, it was like, sure enough. I mean, I threw it out there and Prepper website, it blew up on Prepper website. I shared it out on, uh, you know, the different lists and stuff like that. And it, it completely uh, got a lot of clicks on there. I knew exactly, but it was, you know, the thing is, is like, why do you, why did you click on this article? Why did you look to, to this article? And I think a lot of people, um, the fear factor is there, but they're also wanting to have that information so that they can, I guess, maybe have a little bit of insight into the future, you know, what it might be. And it's like, you know, does, does someone like, is there a prophet out there or something that, you know, can tell me what the, the end of the world is going to look like so that I can prepare the best. And the thing is that nobody can tell you that, you know, everybody, I cannot tell you how many emails I have received throughout the years that people have said that they have insider information about, you know, some government official that has done this or this or that. And I'm like, you know, nothing ever comes of it. And, and some of the people I, I've respected that have sent uh, emails like that to me. But, the, you know, when I, when I looked at my article here or when I, when I wrote that, I was like, let's transition away from that fear and get to a point where we can instead build more confidence inside of what we're doing to be able to survive. And so I, I talked a little bit about building self-reliant systems and in what you can do and, and how you need to approach different things to be able to build these systems inside of your life. Because if, you know, our world is systems, like, like you, you guys were talking about here at the beginning, we were talking about everything is interconnected. 
you know, we've got, uh, you know, the just in time situ, you know, uh, system feeds into the grocery stores. We have, um, you know, the, all the chips and the things that are created overseas and, and how they're shipped over and how they touch computers and how they touch uh, automobiles and all these things are interconnected. So if we can build systems that are interconnected, that can help to build upon each other, I think those, you know, that would be a better way of looking at things. And so talked a little bit about building community and how important that is. I don't know about you guys, but I, I really do appreciate the email group that um, that was started. And I wasn't, I, I didn't think that it would be as, um, I, I guess, as been, I don't want to say as beneficial, but I knew that there needed to be something out there because there's a lot of preppers that didn't want to be on social media. I knew that the forums thing wasn't working. People just, it wasn't, it, it was just too much but I didn't think that it was going to be able to build the community that I guess that we have. And especially doing our zoom meetings on two, you know, every other Tuesday night. Um, I, I really do have a lot of fun and I look forward to those things, but I think it's important to build community. It's, it's that online community where you're able to bounce things off of people that are, uh, that are preppers. And I've learned a lot of things just reading the emails and listening to other people on the zoom but then building community in your area, getting to know your neighbors and things like that, and not necessarily hitting them up with the prepper. Hey, are you a prepper? <laughs> you know, you know, when the poop hits the fan, can we all circle the wagons and get our AR-15s out and, and you know, protect our neighborhood? Not, not in that way, but at least we can get to know them. So if there was things going down, uh, we, we could help, you know, if there's a hurricane, uh, you know, there's, I know that I've talked about it on the podcast not too long ago. But I think it was Hurricane Ike. Um, it, it really bothered me that I didn't I didn't do anything about this. But there was a little girl who lived across the street from us, and uh, she was she had moved into her dad's house, and so her dad had passed away, and she was living there. And she had she was a single mom with uh, with a little baby. And, you know, after the storm and everything, I went to go check on her. And she was like, I was really scared about, you know, the wind and all that and uh, the storm. And, and I just wish I would have been able to, to be smart enough to reach out to her and say, hey, you know what? Why don't you come stay with us? At least, you know, you're here with us, you know, and, and you've got other people and uh, we can go check on your home in the morning. And, you know, there's little there, there's older people, you know, our seasoned citizens that are in the same boat and uh, we need to take care of them. Uh, I, I just, you know, that's something that we need to do when we're talking about building community. All right. I've, I've done a lot of talking. I'm going to, you know, there's other stuff here on this on this uh, article that we can come back and talk about, but I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to, to Mick. Mick, you wrote an article about um, you know, fear and tunnel vision, you know, uh, the uh, over solving one problem, lopsided preps. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you were sharing there? Yeah, the, uh, it was interesting that you had brought up as a topic fear because in our uh, church security team training, we were talking about fear and how, when, a traumatic event happens, almost everybody is going to react in a slightly different way, but they're still going to have a momentary freeze up when it comes to fear. And he said, that's perfectly natural. Everybody's going to do it. That's just your physiology. When something drastic happens, you freeze up. Maybe it's a an instinctive thing of saying, well, if it's free, if there's bad news, I don't want to go running. I might run into it. So just stay where you are. But he was saying that part of that is recognizing that you're going to freeze up and do anything to break that cycle. Otherwise, you just stay paralyzed, which most people do. 
And uh, it's kind of the same way with the prepping. When you get the, the fear, sort of like my young friend, he just got paralyzed by it all. And instead, the response to fear, in that case, you get a little paralyzed, is just do anything. Uh, you know, in the simple advice, you all start storing some water, start buying some extra food, do a little something. Because once you start doing something, then you're able to continue to process as opposed to just be afraid. But that uh, the tunnel vision part, I've seen that in other preppers that I've followed in blogs where they get fixated on, oh, I don't know, food that they're going to have, not to pick on anybody with a big pantry in his background, but uh, that they'll have, you know, they'll be saving up food and they'll have all kinds of food. And then I'll ask, well, how much water do you have? Well, a couple gallons. You know, that they got so fixated on the one thing, they were going to oversolve that one problem, but they've ignored everything else. And that's also uh, a sort of a natural human tendency. Uh, veteran fighter pilots talk about uh, target fixation, that when you're in a dogfight and there's everything going around, you, you tend to get tunnel vision and you're only focused on that one enemy plane ahead of you and you've ignored everything else. And uh, that usually gets you killed in a dogfight. So he says, you got to keep looking around, you know, don't get fixated on just one target. And like I say, I see that or have seen it in some other prepper types, like uh, one blog I was following for a while, a couple of young guys, they were all about the military gear and they would be doing tests about what's the best night vision goggles or what's the best sniper scope for uh, small groups out to a thousand feet. And how much ammo is too much ammo? You can never have too much ammo. And I'm thinking, well, maybe you could. Because if you got nothing else to eat, then you have too much ammo. That uh, it becomes kind of a fixation. Uh, now, I know the guns are the fun part. Nobody works on uh, having poop buckets and kitty litter uh, stocked up. I mean, I suppose you could say the same thing. You can never have too much kitty litter. But then you'd know that was dumb. Because, yes, you can have too much kitty litter. But uh, that that tunnel vision is an easy trap to fall into where the starting out prepper wants to oversolve that one problem because they get target fixation. They just want to solve that. What if the zombies are a thousand meters away and I want to be able to take them out? They, they got that covered, but how likely is that ever to happen? So the, uh, the focus on the fear is, you know, don't, don't let it paralyze you, but also don't let it, give you tunnel vision so that you're just solving one problem way more than it needs to be solved. That's what you were thinking. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, um, when, when we get that tunnel vision, like you were talking about, I know that for me, that happened when, of course, I was surrounding myself completely with, I mean, I was a, a, a new prepper. I, like I said, I read one second after, uh, you know, lights out in you know, last Babylon. I was reading all the, all the dystopian novel type stuff. And, and now if, if all the stuff that's available now was available back then, I probably would have gone into a, 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 a deep hole or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you, you come out of that. It's like, wait a minute, you know, the world did not end. The world is, is not there. But I think a lot of that happens when we get lopsided in one area of preparedness is because we have not planned. And, uh, you know, I, I loved Brian's article. I read it on the podcast last week about looking at, you know, what, what is going on and, you know, preparing, having that threat assessment 
and analyzing it correctly so that you know what you need to focus on. Not focusing on the, the, the EMP and the grid going down. I mean, if that stuff happens, you know, the, that it's, that's going to be terrible. Right. Um, but that, that can take you down again, that tunnel vision type deal. So um, I, I think planning is, is a big deal. And I don't think we talk about it enough. And I don't think people truly know how to do it. I mean, I, I, I think it's easier to go to the, to the grocery store and buy some cans and maybe buy a gun, buy some ammo, buy some cool gear off of Amazon than to sit down and actually do some plans and, and, and work them out. But anyway, let me go ahead and kick it over to uh, to Brian. Brian, you wrote an article, The Proper Mindset and Avoid Letting Fear Send You Off the Deep End. You want to tell us a little bit about that one? Sure. That was kind of like a like connected with the, the one that you read on uh, on your podcast. Thank you for that, by the way. But uh, uh, developing a, a preparedness plan. So they kind of went together. And um, that's it was pretty much exactly what Mick's talking about is just, and, and you the make taking, uh, getting that tunnel vision, which is, a, which is probably, I'm going to steal that from my next blog post. Sorry, Mick. And, um, get, uh, focused on one thing that you feel would be devastating for you and your family. Well, something's creeping up behind you there in real life, you know. So we definitely know right now that there uh, could very well be some shortages or high prices, right? So, and we know that gas seems to be going up, although it's came down a little bit. So, you know, the, for most of us, we're fortunate enough to mean that might be a more expensive vacation or maybe buy a smaller car the next time we decide one, you know, other than that. So a lot of that's not going to be that big of a deal, but, uh, but it, it might be way bit worse than that. It could be a repeat of 2020 this time last year. We don't, we, we just don't know. So that's why I got the cans of corn back there. And I have, I do have some water. It's not quite full, Mick. It's just, but there's some water in there. And, um, if I focused just on the food and I didn't have an emergency fund and my car breaks down or my furnace or not my furnace right now, cause it's scalding hot, but say my air goes down out and I have no way to do the, the fix that I get. Now I got to rely on a credit card and go in debt, you know? So all these, all these things, you know, it's just like we, we buy the insurance for the, the, the vehicles and all that type of stuff. So some of that stuff is very boring. It's just not, I think it's, I think fear. Um, I think, I think the fear in the, in, in the, the romance kind of go hand in hand on that sometimes. So we might fear the, you know, the zombie apocalypse, but what about, you know, the, the wife or, child or you know your one year grown kids getting blowing a tire and rolling the car and in, into the ditch or something so we don't probably focus entirely on the right thing sometimes especially when we're watching the youtube rabbit hole to where we're just watching the guys standing there telling us that we need to take up arms or whatever you know and this or that or we need to you know 
fight for our rights and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, all that's true, but at the same time, we, we got to focus on reality too. what's going on right now in our own lives. And, and sorry, I'm taking up a lot of time here, but there's three of us here and our, our situations are all going to be different, right? So what is important to you or, or Todd or Nick might not be that big of a deal for me. So I'm not so concerned with a hundred plus degree heat, neither is Mick, but mixing in a, a more isolated, I think uh, prepper friendly area than I am too, you know, being 20 miles from Detroit and everything. So we all have our little, you know, personal issues to, to pay attention to as well, rather than following somebody step by step, which is ironic because that's what my website is next step survival. That was the whole point of it. Give somebody a step-by-step thing. Well, you know what? I struggled so hard on this. I'm going to give somebody a step-by-step solution to everything. It turns out that's not realistic because what's step-by-step for me is not step-by-step for somebody, you know, halfway across the country or on the other side of the planet. Actually, I was thinking of that uh, when you were, talking about the fun stuff. And uh, Todd, you were talking about how uh, on the email group that you're seeing a lot more women signing up than you had expected. And I was thinking of uh, the fun. That's sort of the difference if you're a guy prepper versus a woman prepper, that the guys are going to be more oogling over the best hunting knife or uh, the best AR or or something like that with the zombie apocalypse but it doesn't seem like the women preppers come in there thinking about zombie apocalypse or ARs. You know, they've got a, a rather different approach to what they put their priorities on. Not to say that the men are entirely crazy, but the women seem more practical. You know, give me my food, my water, make my kids safe. Whereas the guys are, yeah, strap on the AR. I'm going to go get the zombies. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to recognize if you're a guy, you're going to have different rabbit holes than women. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's funny because I was just uh, I was just talking to somebody online earlier this week, and they were talking about their their chest rig, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's funny because all the years of doing this, I've never once can even considered buying a chest rig. Uh, what in the world would I use that for? You know, <laughs> so. Oh. But the uh, the thing is, is his he's he's got a picture of him and his wife in the chest rigs in the in in the full gear and stuff. And I'm like, what in the world do you use that for? And he says, Well, I used to use it for uh, what is it? Um, not paintball. The other thing. Uh, what is it? Airsoft. Airsoft. He says he won't he won't shoot with her anymore because she's so much she's she's so much better than him. But they, they go out there in full kit, you know, and, and shoot each other up. <laughs> it sounds fun. You know, they're a lot younger than I am. But, you know, so some of them get involved. Some, of some, you know, both men and women. I'm not going to go as far as you did because you just probably triggered half of the, the United States. So, But that's your fault, not mine. So. <laughs> no, I, I wrote that article that, uh, you know, every boy should own a knife. And, yeah, there was a, there's women that uh, – commented on that wait a minute i carry a knife too i have a knife in my purse and and uh and different things like that but yeah this it's you're right i think you know when when a woman gets a hold of preparedness 
And I think probably there's a lot more now, you know, after coming off of this last year that, you know, when they weren't able to get their, uh, you know, the things that they were used to just going to the grocery store, like, wait a minute, this makes a little bit of sense to put a little stuff back. I think everyone's a prepper at heart or I think everyone knows that they need to prepare. They're just not going to call themselves a a prepper. Um, So uh, I, I just, I've seen a lot more women lately come to preparedness and not just in the last year, but uh, you know, in the last couple of years, whether that's uh, on the Facebook group or, you know, in the email group um, or, or just commenting on uh, the podcast or or different articles and things like that, which is uh, that's great because a lot of the times at the beginning of prepper website, when I started prepper website, it was always guys who were saying my wife won't prep or, you know, she won't come along or what do we do to, to help them come along and, and different things like that. And you were always trying to, you know, hit it from a, a male perspective. And now I think you're starting to see it from, you know, from the other side as well. And uh, I've always said when a, when a woman gets a hold of preparedness and, and, you know, she didn't have what she needed, she's going to make sure she stocks up. And, and like, uh, you know, I, I think I have a year's worth of uh, laundry detergent. So just, you know, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to do laundry during the zombie apocalypse. That's for sure. Um, Brian, you said a thing that in, in your article, and uh, I've, I've mentioned it before as well, preparedness, when you really do preparedness right, is very boring. I mean, it's not, it's not sexy at all. I was doing a podcast. I was interviewed for a podcast that will be released um, later on this next week. And, and, you know, the, the, the word, you know, the term bug out came up and, you know, I, I went back to the thing is like, and that's not, you know, that's the sexy thing to talk about. People like to, to talk about bug outs and their EDC kits and they're all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, all, all the different things that they can put into it. But uh you know, real preparedness is boring because you're talking about food and water and shelter. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, having some first day. I'm like, come on, you know, having some bandages. I mean, how sexy can that be? And talking about, you know, securing your home and, and, and different things like that. Um, what, what have you seen? I mean, how have you helped people, uh, you know, traverse that, that aspect of it? Uh, I'll just kind of throw it out there as far as the, the boring aspect, because when, we, when we're dealing with this fear, we, it's almost like a counter. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is the stuff. You're, you're in this like uh, tense situation with fear and worry and anxiety. And then you hear somebody say, you know, you just need to have some food and water and, and, and you need to build up that way. And that just seems so boring. It doesn't seem like you're doing enough. You know, what do you think? Well, first, I didn't I didn't realize that what it's not boring to me, like coming in here after we go grocery shopping and rotating the the food and writing the dates. That's probably a boring Friday night or Saturday night for some most people. To me, it's like, well, I'm in I'm in heaven here. But the. um, you, You mentioned bug out. So let's take like the bug out bag. So, you know. My original bug out bag, I believe, I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was a uh, army green, you know, OD green. It had, it was a tactical pack. It had 18 ways to start a fire and all, you know, it's magazines for five, five, six and nine millimeter, you know, it's just probably 85 pound pack and, and none of the things that I would really need, like 
like you know a, a, a preparedness uh, packet, you know, with some information, insurance information, and how boring is that? Maybe have a copy of your deed to your house or your your identification and that type of stuff. I hope those motorcycles aren't coming through, are they? Okay, so and um, it sounds like they're in my front yard. And that that starts to get really boring, but like you're talking doing a disservice, I think it'd be doing a disservice if I didn't bring up that you might want to do, you know, a, you know, s- certain things with your pack instead of 18 ways to start a fire. Maybe you want to have some contact numbers, some emergency numbers. Maybe you want to be able to uh, have some, you know, online photographs of everything in your house so that you can show that you have $20,000 worth of preps in your house on top of everything. I don't know if that even matters with your insurance, but maybe it does. So some of that gets, uh, feels boring. You know, I talked about, uh, um, in, in that article, and I'm sorry, I've written a couple of them here, so I'm not sure which one it is, but I believe it was the one you read where somebody, you know, one of the common questions we get is like, what are you so afraid of? And it's like your reply is, I'm not afraid of anything because I'm prepared. Where do you stand on that front? You know, just it, you're basically saying, I'm not afraid. I've taken care of that. You should be the one that's worried right now because you got three days of food, you know, and, and, and you're running your, your uh, car down to, uh, you know, down to empty before you hit the gas station, which is funny because I just seen that twice this week. And one was a Land Rover, you know, yeah, a, a, no, Range Rover, a Range Rover, and the other one was a Mercedes. Both ran out of gas in the street. So that was just funny, you know, just off topic a little bit there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's we're preparing for uh, common sense rather than the extreme in, in most cases. So I think uh, there is a place, there, there very well could be. I did it, you know, I. I did a, a, a post on, on, my, on my blog about an EMP. Is the threat of an EMP real? And the whole point of me doing a blog post on the EMP, you know, is it real, was to show people that it's not going to happen. Well, with all the research and everything I was doing, I'm like, okay, this could very well happen, but it's not likely. So it actually changed my mind a little bit because I did a lot of research on that. And I'm like... Okay, this is actually possible, you know, but it's probably not going to happen tomorrow. But you may need some food tomorrow. You may need an emergency fund tomorrow. You might need, you know, a a dozen different things, maybe a spare tire or a fire extinguisher or a smoke detector. And those things are very exciting to me. But for most people, they're like, oh, come on, please. Let's talk about, you know, some, you know, hand-to-hand combat training or something. Yeah, that uh, odds of the threat was another thing in some of my reading where a guy was talking about people can get themselves sort of overly worked up that there's going to be an active shooter at their workplace or something. And he was saying, you're more, your odds are like 20 times stronger that you're going to be injured in a car crash than you're going to have an active shooter. But everybody gets in their car and they don't worry about it. So it's where you, that target fixation thing, you, you, you focus on the really scary thing and you let the really scary thing get you really spooked. And then you 
you let it get blown all out of proportion as opposed to like say with the EMP, okay, it's technically possible, but is it really likely? Like I should put a whole bunch of money into Faraday cages, put my car in a Faraday cage. I mean, I guess you could, but then what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Because everything else is supposedly fried. But, uh, you know, you can, you can let yourself oversolve a problem. And like you say, if it's a really, really remote problem, then uh, maybe that wasn't well-spent money. Like uh, you're in, a, Todd, you're in a hurricane zone. So getting ready for a hurricane makes sense. Uh, up until last February, getting ready for a blizzard probably was not high on the list. And it probably shouldn't be. I mean, there you are in the uh, sweltering tropics of Texas. So, uh, you know, doubling up and having four and five snow shovels in case one breaks, probably not important to you. Uh, very true. I, I recently talked a little bit about that up until up until you know, this last February, we didn't worry about, about blizzards. And, uh, you know, so a lot of people had some eye-opening experiences there. Um, hopefully people took that, that experience and, and learned from it. But I just, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind when people go through things and they don't realize like, hey, you know what, this can happen. This could possibly happen again, or I should at least learn from this situation. You know, uh, learn, learning from the, the COVID that all the shortages and all that kind of stuff, th those things were, were, uh, were, were happening. And like, okay, maybe I should have, if wipes were such a big deal to me, maybe I should have some wipes put back, you know, and, and rotate those things out. Um, one of the things that, that was, um, that, that I wanted to include into my article was, uh, build confidence. I talked a lot about, you know, building systems and all that kind of stuff, but, but really build confidence. And when you have, if you've ever gone through anything in life where you have had to perform and then you just like, I don't know, like public speaking. So you, you get up to public, you know, to, to, to give a talk and some people completely wig out. I mean, some people lose it just getting in front of people. Well, I kind of do it all the time. So it's hard for me to understand where people are coming from, but I feel confident getting in front of a camera or getting in front of people and talking, uh, you know, I, I do it all the time. And so when you do these things, when you build your skills, whatever it might be, your preparedness skills, when you're able to cook, you know, um, you know, a meal, maybe not necessarily on your stove, but you use a camp stove or you're able to, um, you know, you have this big bill that comes, comes due. And I guess maybe the first time I really got, got a hold of this was, was with Dave Ramsey and, and dealing with emergency funds and stuff like that. Because if you, if you don't have an emergency fund and you come up with this big bill, when you, when you have to pay it, maybe it's a car, you know, uh, a repair or something along those lines, and you don't have that money, man, yeah, you fear, you worry, like, how, how am I going to pay for this? You know, what bill am I not going to pay so that I can pay for my, my vehicle because I need my vehicle to drive and, and get to work and different things like that. But then when you have that emergency fund and you're able to just say, okay, it's this amount of money. Okay, let me take it out of my emergency fund. Here's, here's the money. And then, okay, you, you don't have that money in your emergency fund, but really, you know, you, you didn't have to truly stress. And so that builds confidence in the ability to, uh, to move forward and to face 
those fears. And I think that's, that's important. Uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about that. It might be boring. Uh, it might be boring to stock up food and stock up water. It might be boring to plan. It might be boring to, uh, you know, to, to pay attention to what's going on and, uh, you know, just come up with some ideas of, of how we can face the future. But uh, it eventually it builds confidence that you're able to see it through and you're able to, uh, to move beyond that. So good stuff, guys. Hey, uh, we get into this last topic of, uh, of our uh, last little segment here where we try to talk a little bit, uh, some survival tip on maybe fear or maybe fearing the future. And so uh, I'll kick it to, uh, to Mick. And uh, you want to kind of take us out on, uh, on this one, share your survival tip? Well, I don't know if it's a survival tip so much as maybe a prepper tip of uh, fear is motivation, that it's, uh, like you had said, Todd, it's overused by marketers. And uh, one of the things that the, uh, the more cautious prepper can do is just recognize when marketers are trying to use fear to get their hooks in, because unfortunately, fear really works just as human beings. We're really sensitive to fear, and they know that. And so they play on fear. So you kind of need to be careful. Uh, well, you should always be careful. But the uh, I saw an ad. It was on uh, Newsmax, I think. And it the headline was, uh, this eight-pound solar device can save your life. And I thought, really? So I read up a little bit. It's, it's just a battery. It's a backup battery and a little 40-watt solar panel. And I thought, well, if a, an eight-pound eight battery is going to save my life, I must have been this close to dead. Because if that's all it took to save me, and you know they they put the hooks in trying to sell you that as though their one gizmo is going to solve your problems, it isn't. They're just trying to sell gizmos. So recognize that uh, fear is used as a marketing tool. I mean, I've seen that seeing that a lot lately in uh, scam emails where they're trying to push the fear button, telling you uh, like. Your uh, credit card is going to be charged $900 when we deliver your new iPhone. If you want to dispute this, call this number. And I thought, well, I didn't order an iPhone, so there's nothing to dispute. Or telling you that my Wells Fargo bank has been frozen, call this number or log in. I, well, I don't have a Wells Fargo account. So that was easy. But, you know, they're trying to use fear to make you do something quick without thinking. So just recognize fear is being used as a tool to manipulate you. Don't let them push you around. Good stuff. Good stuff. And yeah, we, we see that all the time, even in the preparedness community. Sometimes people write those articles, Brian, what about you? I mean, what's a, a survival tip or a prepper tip or what, what, what you would share? Well, I, I would, I would say kind of going back to that uh, article that you read, sorry, but uh, I think that was an important one. The, um, the best way to face to, to overcome fear is to face your fear. As an example, um, the first time I hiked, did a solo hike, multi-day solo, it was a solo hike. I didn't go with other people. So I was out in the woods miles from anywhere by myself. And um, once it started getting dark, I realized, oh, maybe this was a mistake. That's a lot. What was that noise? You know, that type of stuff. And and I don't think I got a wink of sleep the first night, but it was a three-day hike. And I, you know, eventually, now, now I enjoy it. So it, 
you got to go out. And, uh, by the way, just as a side note, because it was just the three of us, right? Nobody else is watching, so I can get a little boring here. The first time I got up on stage, and I'm one of those guys that freak out, I literally took my belt off without knowing it. So I was dressed new, and I, I unbuttoned. I was hot. I unbuttoned, and I wasn't as big as I am now, but I literally pulled my belt out of my pants. That's how scared I was and didn't realize I did it. So, um, yeah, but anyway, so if, if you, <laughs> Brian, I'm sure there's a, there's a therapist out there that wants to probably visit that with you or something. <laughs> sure. But I would say take, um, action will, uh, help that help those fears. You're always going to have fears, but like, like, I think it was you that make, said that that's motivation. You need, there's a reason we have fear, you know, it was God give it, gave it to us for a reason, you know, it's, that's how we survive. But um, some, we tend to go, get a little unreasonable with it. So when we write things down, or if you do it digitally, cause you're younger than I am, do it, do it on the computer, but you can do a threat assessment and then a personal situation evaluation and then prior choice, prior choice, those uh, those risks. So take everything that you're worried about. Take every and then start going down the list and go ahead and write your EMP and and you know the the comet striking the planet and all that. You can go ahead and put all that down there, but also put down your car breaking down or there's a, a you know God forbid a, a death in your family or a severe injury or something like that or you know a, a fire or earthquake and tsunami and keep on going down the list and write it all down and then take it which reasonable and then what's more most likely goes to the top it's prioritizing it and then start a plan but if you without action it's just pointless exercise you got to start taking action it's just like you know a friend of mine has been talking about a diet for for years you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, I just got to, I do me a favor. Don't even bring it up anymore unless you're going to tell me you started it. You can't tell me you're going to start a diet for years on end and not do it. You need to actually take action. So determine if it's food or water. Water is free. So anybody's uh, lacking on water, you know, right now is kind of missing the whole, whole idea of things. You can, you know, start filling, filling up jugs of water without even costing you really anything. So, um, yeah, just take action and, and sit down and, and do a real honest threat assessment and a personal situation evaluation and just give yourself a, a preparedness action plan. And, and then once you have that plan and you start moving forward, I promise you every step that you take, every time you get a little bit more prepared for the things that you're worried about, you're going to feel a lot less stress. And, and, and what those, those uh, tasks are or those steps are is really a personal thing. I can't tell you what to prepare for or what steps to take, but, you know, sitting down and giving yourself an honest evaluation is just, it's just extremely helpful and boring but it's very helpful. Good, good, good stuff, man. And, and I'm kind of like uh, along the lines of, of what you talked about, maybe writing some things down. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer of 
when you're prepared and you know it and you've experienced being prepared or you've experienced going through a situation and uh, using your preps or, or using the skills and the knowledge that you have, it gives you the confidence to face the future. When, when you are prepared, you can have that confidence. And so I'm a, I'm a big believer in doing a little bit of uh, reflection uh, on your life. And maybe you're able to, and I know, pour yourself a, before you read the Saturday prep here, you pour yourself a, a cup of coffee and just take a little bit of time to think about uh, a time when you weren't prepared and how it made you feel in, in life. And maybe that was, you know, in a younger time or uh, maybe it was just recently, if you are you know, coming off of last year or whatever. Um, and then think about a time if you were prepared, um, how, you, how it made you feel and, and how you went through that. And um, I always talk about this um, and uh, from a spiritual standpoint, um, sometimes when we, when we are able to come from that point of confidence, um, we, it's like just going through a, a little speed bump. You know, I don't know if you, you know, you're ever driving in a car and you're not paying attention to the road and they put these little speed bumps down, uh, you know, on, on the road and you go over it and you're like, okay, man, that was a, that was a speed bump and you felt it and you knew it was there, but it was a speed bump as opposed to not being prepared, not being ready, not being at a place where, where you're confident about who you are and what you are, you know, what you believe in and maybe what you've prepared um, and then you get to this place on the, in the road and it's like uh, this big sinkhole and you just completely, it wrecks you, right? It wrecks the vehicle, you go down, you sink down and, 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 and you're dead in the water. So it's just the difference there. So doing a little bit of reflection of, you know, where have I been in the past and, and where do I want to be in the future? Um, being prepared does give you the confidence to face that next emergency. I truly, truly believe that. So, um, you know, get prepared, you know, as, as simple as that sounds, do what, what it takes to plan and be prepared, come from that, from that perspective. Uh, because if you don't, you'll be buying a bunch of gear and a bunch of junk you don't need. Take it from, from all three of us. We, we probably have been there before uh, where, you know, we've, we purchased things that later on down the road is like, why, why did I get this? Um, but when you're coming from uh, a place where you've planned and you're seeing things clearly, uh, you can truly focus on what needs to, needs to be done. So, uh, man, anything left there, Mick, do you want to, you want to, you know, any final thoughts? Do you want to chime in? Well, I was uh, going to second your notion about uh, getting prepared. I think Brian said it too. Just do something. If all you've got is two weeks of food, you can look back and say, well, if the stores don't open next week, I'm okay. You know, there's a lot of confidence in that. It's kind of the same confidence of knowing you've got a spare tire. I mean, if you were driving around without a spare tire, you could be worried about getting a flat or something. But if you've got a spare, that gives you confidence. So if you've got a couple of weeks of food, you're going to feel better. You got a month's worth of food. You got a month's worth of water. You realize there's a whole lot of stuff that can happen and it's not going to derail you. You're not going to be desperate. And you can just kind of keep adding to that. And it will give you confidence just because you know you've got a cushion. It's a self-made cushion as opposed to counting on the system to have a cushion for you. So there's a lot of confidence in knowing you've got it in the house rather than I hope somebody delivers it. So yeah, start anywhere is the more, the more you put back, 
and have in hand, the more confident you're going to be. So start with anything. You're going to feel better. Good. Brian, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I got actually got to experience some of that firsthand along with probably millions of other people. So we quarantined, I think it was March, maybe April last year. And I, I walked away from my job. For, I didn't quit it, but you know, I, I, I didn't work for a month and um, neither did my wife and nobody in this house did. And at the time I had, we had seven of us. And I said, anybody that walks out that door doesn't get back in. So just be ready to stay or just go find somewhere else to live for a while. So that was for 30 days. And um, it was great. It was. I mean, we, we ate out of our preps. Nobody wanted anything there was you know other than you know like the kids wanting to you know to go see their friends or stuff friends and all that but you know it's no there was we ate better for those 30 days than we normally did before that and 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 after that we didn't go to the store for weeks and months you know and, and when you know when very seldom anyway you know and it barely put a dent in things and that gives you a, a a tremendous amount of confidence when you know that you start to say, I didn't even realize how much this, how well this would carry us. But you also start taking notes and like, you know what? I didn't think about this or I didn't, you know what? I should have, I should have had more of that. And that actually helps build it. Those mistakes that you made, we floated through it. Uh, we were just totally blessed, but we, we were able to build on that knowledge, those preps from the, from the knowledge we learned from that, you know, so that gave us a lot of uh, uh, confidence, not just me, but the entire family, because while we didn't, we never walked out the door, we were putting bags of stuff out on the porch for other family members that didn't plan. So friends and family were coming and we were able to help a lot of people that also build some confidence. And uh, it's a good feeling to be able to help others, but it's also a very good feeling to know that you can take care of yourself and your family and that when, when something bad goes, you know, something happens like that. Turns out it probably wasn't as necessary as I thought, but, you know, who, you know it was also uh, a good experience. Yeah, at, at the beginning, at the time when all that stuff was going down, we, uh, you know, we didn't really know everything that we know now, right? And so, yeah, I think maybe uh, there was a lot of caution there, which was, which is smart because we didn't have all that information, but uh, good stuff, man. Yeah. When, when you're able to, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this before where I've shared with some of my friends, I said, Hey, you know, go, go to the store and buy some extra hygiene items and uh, food items. Um, you know, if you don't need it, you just don't have to go to the grocery store, but if you do need it, you're going to be glad. And, you know, when things started going down, people were like texting me. Thank you, Todd, for thinking about me and sharing this information with me. Um, they were just very grateful that they were able to do a little bit about that. And so, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, there's always going to be another emergency coming, you know, down the road somewhere. There's always going to be something in the future that we need to be prepared for. But we don't need to fear it. We don't need to, you know, let the 
let that <laughs> cause us to go into a corner and go into a fetal position, just waiting for the next hammer to, to drop. I think we need to make sure that we live our lives uh, as, as much as we can. Um, I, as, a, as a believer in, in Jesus, I'm going to be out there and, and sharing and, and doing everything that I can to, um, to, to put that out there. That's, that's an important thing for me and uh, you know, move on and, and, and go forward from there. So don't fear the future. Being prepared definitely helps you get through. Well, thanks again, Brian and Mick, for hanging out with me on this Prepper website live and talking about this topic. I think it's a topic that a lot of people can identify with. Hey, the articles that we referenced and the articles that uh, we think would be of value to you are in the show notes. So you can check those out over, uh, you know, jumping over to um, my website, jumping over to Brian's website, nextstepsurvival.com, and also jumping over to Mick's website, mick-roland.com. And so uh, you can go check out their stuff. They have a lot of great stuff, great articles. Brian just, uh, as I'm recording this on Sunday morning, uh, Brian just, uh, I just read an article that he just put out and good stuff over there. And uh, they they both are, put out great preparedness content. So uh, go check them out. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 703. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app or head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to prepperwebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best readiness articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace. <laughs>